Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Friday. First with yesterday's news, I am Glenn ZB. We're looking back at Thursday. This Chinese uh, blood sample smashing swimmer, uh, we'll, we'll touch on that. Uh, do politicians these days have a little bit too much personality? And the uh, concept of a 24-hour Kmart, how do we feel about that? Uh, but before any of that, um, online reviews and the effect that they can have on businesses. I run a small business, but it was unrelated to what was going on. It was pretty much like this is before this Christchurch and all this stuff went down and people were a bit more aware of it. It was kind of a guy that was just pretty much trolling people and being pretty, I guess he was like being a, what they call an online bully. Anyway, I kind of called him about it and we kind of had a keyboard warrior battle for a bit. And I didn't really think too much of it, you know. I thought, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, you know, whatever, day goes on. Anyway, I wake up the next day and, like, I have these notifications and all that on my phone. I'm looking around and... I realised my Google rating and things like that dropped from like five stars to two stars. Right. Wow. Only, I've only got like a small business, and like I think maybe I probably only had about four people like have commented on on certain things and, and rated me. They've taken the time to you know actually rate, so it's probably why I had a five star rating. But what he what he had done is he had must have stalked my profile, my profile on my Facebook, seen that I had a small business, tracked down my like. Went on Google where I had my, you know, you know, set up for, you know, trying to get new clients and things like yes, that. Yes, yeah. And and he made up multiple accounts and then just flooded flooded the the reviews just with different accounts. Wow. And it all happened within like two hours, three hours. He probably would have spent five hours doing it, but like at the time, it really, really like I was really angry about it. Like I was like, man, this guy's like, he's like affecting my life just through Facebook and it really changed my whole, like, I guess it changed the way I, I kind of look at, you know, when you do get into these keyboard warrior battles with people and stuff like that, you don't know how extreme they'll go to actually, or what their lives are like, and whether, you know what I mean, whether they, they'll actually go the whole full whore and yeah. affect you as, as a person, you know, over a, over something unrelated. So Josh, with a bit of an online horror story there, uh, interesting how many times he said like, he knows that that's not how you get likes. Uh, sorry, Josh, I didn't really mean make fun of... I mean, my daughter does the exact same thing. Um, Chinese, uh, it's from a smashing up blood samples, causing people to boycott podium presentations. Um, nobody likes that. You're swimming against someone you know as a cheat. You're swimming against someone who has already a prior conviction, who has smashed their blood and urine samples, and he's not banned until he produces the samples? Come on. I wouldn't give a fat rat's bum about losing my medal if I'd, you know, if I'd got a silver or bronze up against a drug cheat because it doesn't count for a tin of beans. Worth anything. You're swimming against it. I would have thought that Fina would come out and say, okay, in light of the fact that athletes acknowledge our systems are faulty and the way we do things is bureaucratic and takes far too long. So what we're going to do is, if somebody has a prior conviction and smashes their blood and urine samples in front of officials, they cannot swim until they provide us with samples that have been taken you know, under clini- you know, clinical conditions. That would have been what Fina should have done. Not saying to the athletes, suck it up. It's an outrage. We had a caller yesterday who said that if it, if you're in your workplace and you refuse to provide a sample or you try and sully the sample, 
then you are stood down from your job. That's precisely what should be happening with Sun Yang. He shouldn't be allowed anywhere near good, honest, hard-working swimmers until he's provided samples and they are clean. I'm, I'm glad I don't have to provide samples for my job. Um, not because I'm taking any kind of performance-enhancing substances, but just because then they'd see how high my cholesterol is. And, you know, then everybody would look at me sideways and, mm, you're melting cheese on things, aren't you? Um, do politicians have a little bit too much personality these days? It happened in America in 2016 with Trump. It happened in the Ukraine recently with the stratospheric rise of a comedian to president. It's happened now in the UK. The other trait we're seeing here, leaders who don't mince words, leaders less interested in the musings on social media or opinion polls and more interested in just saying what they think. Often offensively, sure, but nonetheless, they cut to the chase and seemingly don't care about the consequences. Now, I'm not saying this is a good thing. In fact, time and time again, it's proven offensive or racist or inappropriate or just downright cray-cray. But somewhere in the electorate, there is an appetite for this stuff. Otherwise, how do these guys get here? Boris said he wants Britain out of the EU by the end of October. Deal or no deal? His detractors, and the man I spoke to yesterday was one of them, say that'll be catastrophic, that Britain will end up with a senseless, calamitous wreck of a no-deal crash-out. He claims Boris won't last more than a few months at number 10. He may well be right. There may well be too much colour and crazy there to go the distance. Or... Well, we see what we have in America. So much crazy, and yet, look where they're at. They can't write Trump off. He might even get a second term. It seems for all our buttoned-up sensibilities, political correctness, and modern-day virtues, colourful personalities, even offensively so, still have appeal. Yeah, I mean, that's why she married one, isn't it? I don't know. Uh, Funny old world, eh? Funny old world. At least we're going to be able to shop at Kmart 24 hours a day. Is there any demand in this country for 24-hour shopping? Well, yes, it is. It's coming. And we've seen, you know, an evolution in our shopping market with uh, new demographics, new cultures coming through. And, and this is something that's happening in other parts of the world. But what, I mean, do you sincerely think that someone's going to be up at 3 a.m. wanting to go buy some, I don't know, pots and pans? Yeah, well, Auckland's a busy place. You think about the, 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 the focus now on the night economy, the opportunities of those people that are working on shifts. Uh, it's increasing, and we need to, to support that. The thing is, Chris, not even supermarkets are open 24 hours, and these are shops that are selling essential goods. So, I, I, I mean, would people be forgiven for thinking that this is perhaps just a publicity stunt? Yeah, look, it is ironic. Yes, there is one one supermarket downtown in um, Auckland opens 24 hours, but you're right. Having a, a variety store, it kind of seems weird. But again, you know, we are going to see this re-evolution of, of later trading, uh, especially, especially in that area around um, uh, Sylvia Park. So um, you say that this is coming our way. Why is this happening around the world, is it? That's right, yes. So Australia, there's a lot of 24-hour retailing. Kmart have a, a number of, of sites, uh, not only in the, in the big metro areas, but some of the urban areas as well, Ag- open 24 hours. Again, is that not because they have the population to be able to carry that kind of retail over those low hours? It's a spooky old business being in big department stores in the middle of the night. Uh, maybe I just got um, that movie Mannequin in, my he- in the back of my head, back in my mind.
anyway, uh, wh- what does Jay think about it? Um, yeah, I reckon it'll, I reckon it'll be good. Uh, yeah, you know, I realise now a lot of people do not work nine to five. A lot of people work on hours, you know, where they start and do shift work. And uh, like yourself, you know, you finish at midnight or finish at 1am, finish at 3am. A lot of people like that, man, and they can go and do a little bit of stuff or need stuff from Kmart. One example was me there in the morning. I needed something at 5 o'clock in the morning for a birthday. Best I could do was a gift certificate from the BP garage and a muffin. What hours you know, do you so, work? I started on 8 and finished at half past 3. So, yeah, I mean, nothing's open. So what do you do? You go to the BP garage, it's open, and get a gift certificate. That's well, all I, they sell, I, you know? I, so, I guess there will be a lot of people listening and say you just need to remember more than a day in advance. <laughs> <laughs> be organised, yeah. Jay. <laughs> uh, all, all I'm saying is that, yeah, I reckon it'll definitely be worth it. I mean, I used to go to the Ellerslie uh, uh, countdown quite a bit when it was open 24-7, but then they shut that down. Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, a lot of people don't, you know, do normal hours anymore. So there is uh, so many people that do odd hours. And, yeah, I, I think there'd be a need for people to be in there 3, 4 o'clock yeah. in the morning. I, I must yeah. say, in our, in our business, we have an email that goes out, um, and it's to everyone who works for this, this company, saying oh, there's yeah. chips and chips and beer at the fridge at uh, 3 a.m., uh, 3 p.m. And there's yeah. a couple of times where I've thought of actually replying to it in the middle of my mid-dawn shift saying, I'm having Dom Perignon and caviar at the bridge <laughs> at 3 a.m. All who can make it, come along. Uh, just to point yeah, out yeah. that, you know what, <laughs> we're not all available. Yeah, it is a bit frustrating. Uh, recently, you know, there's been a couple of big sporting events on a Monday morning, early the Cricket World Cup final, the Netball World Cup final, and we got an email saying we didn't have to come to work until 10 o'clock. And for those of us who have a breakfast radio show to run, obviously that wasn't really an option. That was that was a bit galling. I'm Glenn ZB. Not bitter, not bitter at all. Uh, that has been News Talk ZB for Friday for the week. We'll see you back here again on Monday. I- I'll work through it. I'm not bitter, not bitter.